Hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We are also discussing the 2020 Oscar nominees, who we think will win and who we think deserves to win. That's right. Let's get into it. doing on this fine evening i'm doing wonderful i just got a free baby yoda poster yesterday oh yeah and i'm looking to hang that up somewhere in the old home that's beautiful it looks beautiful now is disney gonna come knock on your door and attack you for having a baby yoda merchandise no 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 completely uh, star wars licensed uh, uh-huh. oh yeah of course of course they just don't have like the the dolls or toys i guess the plushies they just put those out at disney like they're just starting to put oh. those out in the parks and i think online too so Very exciting. go get your Baby Yoda <laughs> merchandise now, yes. today. And we can get right into the news. It was, oh, hello. It was a busy weekend for awards. We had the Directors Guild Awards happen. And Sam Mendes, his directorial team with 1917, you've heard it this entire Oscars buildup, but they have won yet again another top honor for outstanding achievement in directing. And that really puts them over the edge over their next competitor, which is Parasite with Bong Joon-ho, and some of the other directors nominated, like Quentin and uh, Martin. And so it seems like Sam Mendes is really set up to take home this prize this year at the Oscars, and um, after the PGAs, it looks like they're taking home big prize, best picture for 1972. Mm-hmm. Would that be Sam Mendes' first Oscar? No. He won a best director for uh, American Beauty back in 2000. There you go. So, wow, 20 this years. This be his second directing around. award. And then HBO at the Directors Guild Awards still, they won a lot on the TV side of things uh, with Nicole Castle for Watchmen's premiere, which, have you seen the Watchmen series? I have not yet. Ooh, you gotta do it. I just I'm, got you the comic book if you started reading You did. It. I haven't yet. Be, well, oh. I haven't even finished reading, you know, the Mistborn trilogy. I guess. So. I'm starting to reread Watchmen just now because okay. I want to watch the series soon. Yeah, so I'll probably, um, yeah, I want to read that before I watch the thing, but that's probably, that's on... This next upcoming month of what I want to do, yeah. but we'll see if that's actually feasible. I want to. I've got to finish Succession before I get started a new series, and then I also want to like catch up with The Outsider, which is the Stephen King show that's going on right now with uh, uh, from um, I don't know Arrested what you're talking about. Jason Bateman. There you Jason go. Bateman. I'm Thank glad you. I could help you out with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you still got to watch Euphoria, don't you? Oh yeah, I guess you I and do. Alexa got to get on that. Yeah, because she really wants to watch it. It's I guess we are. So they, I mean, they got nothing at these awards, but I mean, it's a good show. But HBO with Chernobyl, the miniseries, Johan Rank won uh, the Outstanding Achievement Prize for a miniseries, and I'm currently watching that. And you already finished. Oh, that, I loved yeah? it. Yeah, HBO's always been on top of things. They started things off like really getting into the big game with uh, Sopranos way back when. And when Sopranos ended, it was like, what's HBO going to do now? And then they threw out Game of Thrones to us, and now Game of Thrones is ending, and they're just pelting us with great television yeah, series they so they're are. always keeping up especially with the disappointing final season of game of thrones i yeah. mean well, now we've got euphoria and watchmen and succession and 
Yeah. Yeah. More coming out. And uh, Watchmen, unfortunately, well, they might not have a second season, but that's because I think whoever was helming it doesn't want to return. I think it's just a limited series. So, like, just the one season and then they're done. Mm. Which, I mean, It would have been a movie had they gotten financing somewhere else, but I think it's better as a limited series because now you can really, like, I agree. like expand it more. Because now you're telling a five-hour story and two and a half hours for a movie, which would just compress it a lot. Yeah, and clearly with this award, it's a quality show. But, so HBO, you know, sending that message to Netflix, they're still on top in terms of recognition with these awards. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of awards, you also got Alma Harrell won first-time award for Honey Boy, Mm -hmm. which was the Shia LaBeouf semi-autobiographical movie. Right, on Amazon. Did you watch that? I need to. I haven't watched it either, but I do have Amazon Prime, so. I hear Shia LaBeouf is amazing. Yeah. As his father. I was watching um, the Actors' Roundtable and uh and he was on there for that film with um robert de niro and adam driver yeah i watched half of that yeah you watched half of it yeah and then i had to go to class Uh, i was um yeah i was listening that like during commute and whatnot and it was super interesting shia was very reserved but anytime he was talking it was very interesting to see his relationship with his father and how Mm -hmm. you know because going into or what i've heard of it i was like oh he plays his father and so i was like oh he's probably like you know staining his name or whatnot or because obviously that's his perspective of him yeah but apparently it was a very cathartic experience to get in somebody's shoes who caused so much pain for him growing up but yeah so listening to that um the round table i really want to watch honey boy now yeah me too uh but we'll have to wait but there you go it had a great direction apparently with alma harrell winning her first award mm-hmm and uh, something that I'm a big fan of, Bill Hader, that night also won for directing the episode Ronnie slash Lily for his show Barry, on, which is also on HBO. Yes, and HBO is killing it. Let me it tell now. you, that show is amazing. I You need to watch it. Yeah, I, I need to. That has to go on your list before they start doing season three, whenever that comes out. Yeah, I'm going to go on an HBO bender. Me too. Finish up I'm, Chernobyl, hit up Watchmen, hit up Barry. I would say do Barry before Watchmen because I just can't. I just can't offer up enough. It's just it's so funny, and it's so dark. It's so surprisingly dark. Yeah, and I love it. Bear, yeah. Bill Hader is explosive. He's amazing. One of the best TV performances of last year. I, I wow. loved it. And you've been raving about it for a long time. I oh, think so last long. year, like around this time on the show, I was, was raving about, about season two, which had just come out, and season one, which had come out the year before. And uh, I mean, season two left us on this great cliffhanger like season one left us on uh, like a half cliffhanger that was kind of like well what's he gonna do next season two is like you don't know what's gonna happen like Mm -hmm. there's no it could be anything and i'm like i'm hoping he'll get out of it but you you just have to watch it's just it's insane it's It's a crazy good writing they really like write themselves into a corner which i like a lot well all right shifting on from those awards we have some more disappointing news. Huh. It seems like Bambi is going to get a live-action remake at Disney. Oh, man. Which we've also brushed up on this topic before, and we're of the opinion, I think, that most people are certainly film people or students would be, which is like, please stop doing that. I think a lot Those of original content. Opinion. But what's terrible is that we still go and watch them. Well, that's true. And then that One, gives them money, and that gives them more you know, incentive to do it to make live action yeah. remakes, which is terrible. Remember 1.6 billion for the Lion King remake, which Aladdin is, made over a billion. Yeah. Which oh. is insane. But with Aladdin, I mean, I didn't see it, but there seem to be new additions. There's at least a new song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, Princess I mean, Jasmine, Lion they gave her. Song. Well, I mean, yes, but they also took away a song and then they made it weird and crazy. So I, mm. there was not new stuff that they worked into the Lion King story, whereas I think with Aladdin they did. But with Bambi, I'm curious because while everyone knows Bambi and everyone knows the beginning of it, I don't know how close, you know, how important that is to many people's lives. I mean, yeah, because at least personally for me, I'm not like, ooh, Bambi, ooh. I like the story of Bambi. It's kind of like Up where like those first 10 minutes really punch in the gut and that's what stays with you. You know, we're, Mm -hmm. I mean, spoiler alert. (laughs) If you were under a rock for your life, get ready for Bambi's mom gets shot. Can you believe that? I can't even believe it still. Heart-wrenching. Truly heart-wrenching. Hunters, am I right? I know. They're terrible. Yeah. But, again, with everyone knows that story, um, but what, I don't know, what the draw is going to be there, and especially live action, does that mean that they're going to go the Lion King route and make it look like animated? Yeah. I mean, I, I just mean, don't understand. It can't be completely CGI like the Lion King was, because you've got the human hunter, but right. most of it can certainly be cgi entirely they can do the entire locations they can do all the characters and then the animals learn to can have emotional faces like the cartoons did so that's what that was the big fault with the lion kings that there was no emotion radiating from the animals mm-hmm. so you're not going to get that with bambi either because they're still animals yeah but i mean we'll have to see how that turns out it's in development and so is pinocchio with robert zemeckis screenwriting along with chris weitz who did American Pie with his brother. I could see that being good. I could see a Pinocchio live action being good. Yeah. That seems more conducive to getting a live action treatment than Bambi. Bambi seems like a money grab. Pinocchio, especially with Robert Zemeckis on, we can think, okay, maybe this has something to bring to the story. Because we haven't seen Pinocchio a lot in a long time. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. Something to look forward to or dread. In some... And then some uh, some very sad news. Uh, I'm so sorry, Ryan. I can't believe it. The Obi-Wan Disney Plus limited series has been put on hold. I'm so sorry. I just can't believe it. It's been a roller coaster on the show. Mm-hmm. Speaking about wanting it, wanting the movie. Oh. Disney Plus, we felt it was coming. It came. We were happy, amazing. And now it's on pause. They've halted it so that they can rewrite the scripts with yep. a new writer to shorten it. It was just pushing back the premiere date to 2021 or 22, even farther back. And Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor is saying that it's still going. Like, it's good. And he <laughs> says, like, it'll be fine. Everything's fine, everybody. But then they cut they cut it from six episodes to four episodes, which I'm hoping they'll be hour-long episodes. Otherwise, I, it'll be just two hours at Obi-Wan that could have just been a movie. I definitely think they'll be hour-long episodes as opposed to The Mandalorian's, yeah. like, weird 38 to you know or 30 minute with 10 minutes of credits yeah um with their cover art credits which are very cool but yeah it's like hello give us some more content but i definitely think if kenobi's shortening down to four episodes hopefully they're going to be chock full of things happening it should be um and so hopefully that's a good thing that they're doing but of course it's never a good sign to see that something's being rewritten when it was supposed to begin production i think this summer yeah. So that's a little frightening. Ewan's still hopeful, though. So, I mean, as long as he's yeah. still on board, that's the big draw. Right. If he's not on board, it's they done. They better not do that man dirty. And then, by extension, me dirty. Because I will be very upset. Disney will have to pay. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make them pay. Yeah, not enough Baby Yoda toys in the world will save them from the day of reckoning my wrath. Come. 
Yeah. Uh, but moving on, we have Captain Marvel 2 is officially confirmed for 2022. That's exciting. That is, I mean... I'm sure it'll be better than Captain Marvel 1, because it's just so much exposition. It's, uh, it's I agree. an origin I wonder, story, and it's always better once you know the characters and they're in it, the world a little more. I wonder what time frame they're going to go for, if they're going to bring it into present day. Probably. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. I can't say that I'm, like, over the moon about it, but, no? I mean, it's... It's another notch in Marvel's playbook, so we'll have to see how they go. Again, I'm sure it'll be a fun movie. We got a lot of Marvel tent poles coming up for us. That is, and of course, they're going to be invading four. Disney Plus soon, so we'll have to see. We'll really have to see if you know superhero fatigue comes uh, to fruition. It might be because we've been saying to, it a lot. But... After Endgame, I'm starting to fall off the superhero horse right now. Like I'm looking forward to Black Widow and kind of Harley Quinn, but. Or Birds of Prey, but... Um. Right, because I'm not that, like, the Eternals, which is coming out later this year, which, you know, Super Bowl is this Sunday, and so, yeah. allegedly, you know, that's a place where trailers for big blockbusters get put. Yeah. Uh, and so we should be seeing, because I know Fast and Furious 9 is releasing their trailer around that time. making it 9? Yeah. Oh, my God. Know? It's coming out this year. I didn't know it was coming out this year. I thought they were, like, just, like, teasing it, like, ooh, we're, we'll probably make a ninth one. No, they're making it. Oh, my God. They're definitely making it. I don't know if The Rock is involved. I don't know. I stopped watching after, like, six. I never stopped watching. Or I never started watching, rather. Really? Yeah. I mean, they were good up until six. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I didn't watch Sorry, any of them, Professor Walsh. I liked five and six, definitely. Five and six. I mean... Fast Five was really good. Yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I just watched Fast Nine after not seeing any of the other ones? <laughs> On opening weekend. You watch them in backwards order. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. go. Actually, well, yeah, because of Walsh's class, we've seen a good portion of Clips. Too Fast, Too Furious, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, where was I going with that? We were talking about... Uh, oh, trailers. Super Bowl. So the trailers come out. So they're probably going to have the Eternals sometime soon, I would hope, because it comes out in November. Yeah. Um, so they got to start marketing it, because it's not like a sequel or it's not a property that people know. So they definitely got to get people on the bandwagon, but I, I will wait and see if I will be on there because I'm not too excited about it. Even though they have like Kit Harrington, great cast. yeah, an amazing cast. But like, they've probably been waiting for the Black Widow craze to pass over. That way, they don't take a lot of Black Widow like advertisement time for Eternals. Mm-hmm. So they've been trying to push it back as far as they can. It'll probably start coming around a week or two before Black Widow comes out, and certainly afterwards. Right, right, right. That way, they can like keep the two separate but then like feed off of the black widow craze to market into the eternals craze and hopefully there will be a black widow craze i think there will be it looks pretty good to me we'll see yeah we'll definitely see do you we'll think it'll hit it. a billion <sighs> yeah you you do i'm feeling like confident especially if rdj makes a cameo if he makes a cameo it'll definitely reach a billion i hope he doesn't you After hope he what, one movie he comes back? Yeah, they supposedly say he's coming back for a cameo. That's very upsetting. It's a little upsetting. I was hoping he'd just be done, but right. they, they love money. Although with Doolittle, who knows? He might have to <laughs> draw back. Uh, but moving on, The Karate Kid, another weird, I don't know what's going on, but you know, Hollywood's a strange business, is being mm-hmm. turned into a Broadway musical. I mean, I don't know about that. I, I don't know. They they did a Beetlejuice musical recently. Really? That was supposedly incredible. So I could see it being great. It but then they be. also had like the Spider-Man musical, which had all kinds of disasters related to it. Because he was like had to swing through the theater and it just was a mess. Bad idea. With like, yeah, very bad idea. And then they did, um, 
a couple other musicals. I know they had the Emoji Movie Musical, which just flat out bombed. What? Yes. Why would they have that? I think it might First have been off Broadway, but... The Emoji Movie Musical. I don't think it was there called that. There was your that. first... Bro- okay. It was just based on the Emoji Movie. <laughs> oh, so it was, the Emoji It was called musical. something different. Wow. It was like the Emoji Musical, but with like it was based on the movie, and so it just wasn't good, and mm-hmm. it just bombed. I think it might have been off-Broadway, but... Rightfully so. It, it could have been Broadway. But okay, and that's our last piece of news, uh, movie-related, but we do have to mention... That Kobe Bryant, this past weekend on Sunday, died in a helicopter crash along with his daughter Gianna and seven others, which is just one of the most tragic things. It was very upsetting here. He's only 41. His daughter was Mm -hmm. only 13. It's so sad. It reminds you that life, you can never tell when it's going to end. You never know. And it can happen to anyone. Absolutely. Um, And Kobe Bryant, he is actually somewhat related to the movie business in that he worked with Glenn Keane, an animator, and John Williams, the mm-hmm. legend, uh, to transform his retirement poem called Dear Basketball into an Oscar-winning short film. I've seen it. It's very good. I also saw it, and it's, yeah, it's very good. It's very touching. Um, but that just goes to show his legacy extends beyond basketball. Of course. Um, and beyond film itself, he was an inspiration to people in terms of what passion and determination and kindness can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he will be missed greatly. I've seen a bunch of people walking around with his jersey on. I know. Oh, that was yeah. on Monday. Like, it was insane to see all the people with it. And it was very touching. And I was, was like, very touching. again, just goes to show the impact he had. Of course. Okay. Now we can move on into our box office breakdown. Dylan, do you want to start us off? I will. Coming in at number one, we've got Bad Boys for Life, which made $34 million. So it's still holding on from its release, what, last weekend? Yeah. It's so been a, it's it was a bit week. of a slow weekend, but that's still impressive for an old, you know, IP. Yeah, it's very impressive. So it, I think that's, what, like a 46% drop, which is good, because if it's less than half of what they got the previous week, you're doing well. Yeah. Uh, and so that puts it at over a hundred, I think, twenty million domestically. That's good. Which again, very good. I think I don't know where the budget is, but I can I can imagine that's won them back already. It's still now, going too. Yeah, and yeah. then now they're just gonna get profit from here on out. Uh, and I think they still have markets overseas to open in, but so yeah, we'll That'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, and nineteen seventeen is also doing strong i think this is its fifth weekend and it got 15 million that's very impressive it is yeah it just crossed 100 million domestic which is always an important number for studios to look Mm -hmm. at so that's how you know it's a certified success it's impressive to see a movie like that come in at the tail end of a year like right when 2019 was about to end and just dominate awards um taking a bunch of money critical acclaim it's very impressive for sam mendes to do that because usually you need some time to advertise beforehand and then you need some time to accrue, like, put it out into theaters and have people watch it. Mm-hmm. And he really just threw it in at the end of December last year, and it's still going strong in awards and all that. It's still it is, Yeah, and in a very crowded season with both major films like Star Wars and then also the smaller films that we're also trying to reach for oh, Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, the Cats, of course, you know. Yeah. Both the it blockbusters. I mean, yeah. incredible. After 1917 was Doolittle with 12 million at Global, it sits at 91 million. And remember, the budget is 174 million. Plus, advertising would probably be closer to 250. Yes, which, which is, is devastating. Absolutely atrocious. So maybe Disney can't make a billion on everything. I mean, they can't, but 
unfortunately, is that Disney actually? I thought it was. I think it might be Universal. Is it? Because Universal is having a rough year, besides 1917. <laughs> 1917 is keeping them afloat for, you know, this past quarter. Um, but yeah, Doolittle. Yeah, that's another franchise that's like out. You're not seeing that again, at least for these next couple decades. That's too bad. And we also have The Gentleman coming in at $11 million. That debuted this past weekend, and it's Guy Ritchie's film. And unfortunately for him, bad news as well. Lowest opening he's ever had. Ouch. I mean, what, only $11 million? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did Man From U.N.C.L.E. and King Arthur. Yeah, and they didn't open well. They got like 12 or $13 million, yeah. which, again, not good. But this being coming right off of his Aladdin, Ooh, which yeah. was his best opening. Oh, crazy. Um, It's very sad. So I guess, I don't know if Aladdin 2 is happening. I'd imagine it would, because <laughs> apparently there was some, like, talks that... You know, Return of Jafar, I guess they could do that. I guess. Adapt that, but yeah. I change it in some way. Um, so it seems like he should go to Disney and, you know, kneel at the altar and be like, please put me on your movie so I can stay in this business. Because the gentleman didn't do great for him. That's too bad. And coming in right after the gentleman is Jumanji with $7.9 million. What is this, like week 10 for them? Um, I don't know if it's week 10. It's probably more like week 7. That's still but incredible. Again, old. they're staying, yeah, top five still after this amount of time. And that's what happened with the previous Jumanji is people are just like, okay, well, we've seen everything that we kind of want to see. What's another movie we can go and just have fun with? Oh, Jumanji. Jumanji. You know, it's a comedy. It's funny. It's yeah. not like terrible or anything. The actors are all really good. I like Jack Black. I like The Rock. I like Kevin Hart. Yeah, exactly. See it. Yeah. So and they've go. held strong through Star Wars and Cats and 1917. I mean,. They're holding on. They are. And have you seen Jumanji? No, I haven't seen the the remake or oh, the really? sequel to the remake. I and I guess I'll probably do it with or this one. Is I just caught it on Redbox at um, some point. Yeah, and I it was. That, yeah. I mean, it was a fun, chill movie just to put on, eat popcorn with. So, yeah, I can see why it's getting its success. And after Jumanji, we have The Turning with seven million, which is a horror movie. It's got an F cinema score, so it's it's bad. It's very bad. That is the twenty first movie ever to receive that score. Only really? Yes, only twenty movies. And cinema score is like when people come out of the theater, they like give their ranking and explain a little bit about it. Yeah. And so to have paying customers who sat through the movie come out and say, "Yeah, this F. is an F," like that's, that's terrible. terrible. And that's like an aggregate score of, so everyone gave it an F for it to get this score. How terrible. Which is atrocious. And that matches with The Grudge, which came out earlier this year. It was the first movie of 2020. It also got an F cinema score. Hey, there you go. 2020 so, coming out strong for horror movies. Yeah, definitely. Huh? Wow. After The Turning, we have Star Wars still holding on strong. Not really. With 5 million. <laughs> I mean... But it did pass 500 million domestic, so... I mean, it's successful. Again, it should, you know, in a perfect world for Disney and Kathleen Kennedy, it should be still at the top of this list. Like, it should be making $50 million, like 1917, yeah. but it's not. However, it is still conventionally successful in that it's past $500 million. Yeah, it's certainly doing well for a, a movie, just not as well as a Star Wars movie should. Right. At least domestically. Mm-hmm. Little Women comes in after that with four point seven million, mm-hmm. and they're Very hoping good. to get across hundred million soon. I think they're getting close. They might do it. 
We'll see if the Oscars can give them a push. That'd be nice. Uh, if they win some things. Yeah. And Just Mercy comes in uh, with $4 million. All right. Nothing much to say there. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I didn't go to the screen. It's screening. got what, Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Foxx, I yep. think. Yeah. It's supposedly all right, yeah. Spencer wanted to see it. <laughs> and dead last and tenth, we've got Knives Out with $3.6 million. Dylan, you may be biased towards, but you can't say dead last like it's a bad thing. Well, that's it's ninth week. That's true. It is the, the top, ninth week, which is commendable. It you still know? sucks though. <laughs> it does. You know, it's not great, but yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's doing well for itself. And you'll be getting a sequel, aren't you? So happy! Oh, I hope the sequel's better. I mean, it's still an impressive hold, but I uh, just very much disappointed. Mm-hmm. What about our box office predictions for this upcoming week, Ryan? Well, here's some movies you have never heard before. The Rhythm Section. I've heard of that. Oh. Well, (laughs) are you going to go see it, though? Uh, Maybe. And there's the No, you know for a fact that's Probably not. Spencer really wants to see it, though. He thinks it'll be great. Yeah, it's got got, Blake Lively and Jude Law. It does, it does. Um, But I I can't see the appeal in it. I mean, I watched the trailer the other day, and I was like, this just, this seems like a movie that you would catch on Redbox after you've gone through every other possible option yeah i could see that it's supposed what what do you think 10 million yeah that's what some people are tracking for it Mm -hmm. and i think that's probably spot on yeah unless for some unknown reason nobody wants to go back and watch the movies that are in the top 10 now and just want to try something new but i doubt it yeah but it's also super bowl weekend so you imagine most people are gonna at least sundays they're gonna not go to the theater yeah there's not a lot of big releases coming out this weekend and i mean most people are gonna stay home and watch super bowl yeah gretel and hansel is the other flick coming out and we just talked about you know horror films in 2020 aren't doing so hot and this one is looking to join them as being atrocious yeah bombs yeah it doesn't look good i mean i get like gretel and hansel i get the appeal of trying to make them do a horror movie but isn't it hansel and gretel it is they're saying it wrong so i'm already not liking it well i think they're doing that because i mean i don't know really much about hansel and gretel the story but i think they're censoring this on gretel i guess the female The sister, so... It just sounds wrong because I've always heard it Hansel and Gretel. Well, but that's also them trying to distinguish it, which I actually think is a good move, but also no one's going to see it. So. Nobody's going to see it. <laughs> so tragic for them. And you think Bad Boys for Life is going to hold on to the number one spot? I think it will. Looking at these other two, I don't think they can take it. There doesn't seem to be any reason for any other film to leap into the number one spot, so I think Bad Boys for Life is going to get a third weekend at number one. All right. Well, that's all our box office talk for today. Got all the clerical stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. And now we can talk about our big feature for this show, the Oscar nominations, who we think is going to win, who we think should win, and what the odds are saying. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go from the top dog, best picture down the list? or I think we should reverse? leave best picture to the last. Mm. Let's work our way backwards. Oh, yeah. Keep them wanting more. Oh, yeah. So starting us off at the bottom of the list is visual effects. I think it's just, I don't know who made the list, but visual <laughs> effects is at the bottom. And so the Oscar odds are saying Avengers Endgame by far with a, a soft lead from the Irishman. What do you think? Um, there's been like talks that the Irishman's effects weren't that great, and I can kind of see when they're coming from. Yeah. So I, I can see the appeal of why some of the Oscar voters, Academy voters, would want to put the Irishman there. Because it's a use of visual effects, but in a character-driven story as opposed yeah. to a special effects story. Mm-hmm. So I can see why that'd be, you know, the number two ranking of them. 
1917 is also there. Lion King is there. And Star Wars is there. I do agree that Endgame is probably going to take it. I'm going to give it to Endgame. But um, I could see I could see 1917 also. I'm going to give it to Endgame. It. 1917 might have a sweep uh, at this Oscars. It might, really but could. I think... There's so much talk about Avengers Endgame and how amazing that final battle sequence was and all the visual effects in the whole movie put together. I think it deserves it, and I think it's going to get it. I agree that it deserves it, for sure. Okay. I mean, that was a behemoth of VFX. Absolutely. It was amazing. I think it's going to get it. And then after that, we got costume design. The odds are saying Little Women, Jacqueline Duran for Little Women. Mm-hmm. And we have Once Upon a Time, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, and the Irishman that are also in there. I think Once Upon a Time is what's following second behind Little Women. But I'm Little Women definitely should get it for mm-hmm. just... just I, I did really enjoy the Little Women costume design. I thought that was cool. And I... If anyone was going to take it, it'd probably be Arian Phillips for Once Upon a Time. Yeah, but I'm still going Little Women with this one. But I think they would both deserve it. Like, I'd be happy with it either way. I guess, but I'm definitely voting for Little Women okay. if I could. If you were an Academy voter. I would vote for Little Women because I like them more. A lot right. more. It was great. It was. And we have next Makeup and Hair. And this one seems like a surefire. Typically, I think there's normally like three in this thing. Yeah. But now they have five. Uh, which include 1917, <laughs> Maleficent for those cheekbones, I suppose, Judy, <laughs> Joker, and Bombshell. And I think, I mean, with everyone talking about how she transformed into Megan Kelly. Oh, my God. Or Charlize Theron. You're so against this. I mean, I don't think uh, voice-wise, but I think visually, yes. Also, John Lithgow. Oh, yes. Incredible. He looked amazing in that. Very so, scary looking. Bombshell should take it. I'm going with Bombshell. And probably will. Yeah, Certainly has the is the front runner. And Nicole Kidman as Gretchen Carlson. She looked good. She looked just oh, like Gretchen yeah. Carlson too. Yeah. So there was a lot of like push for Bombshell to win makeup and hairstyling. I see it a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it to that. That's where the odds are, and that's where I'm gonna. Right now, original song is gonna be an interesting category. Oh yeah, because it's kind of stacked. We got uh, Toy Story Four. Uh, we have Rocket Man. We have Breakthrough. We have Frozen Two. And we have Harriet. Can we talk about how Breakthrough is on this list? I didn't, I didn't realize it at first until I went back and like looked through all the categories, and then I saw Breakthrough on here. Do you know what that is? Is that a Christian movie? That's the Christian movie where the kid falls through the ice. That's one we were talking about like way, way that was last year. Yeah, I think it opened up because I was thinking I was like Breakthrough. What the heck is that a typo? No, I can't that's believe there. they're nominated for best song, let alone anything. I mean. And you know, you know what that means? That means Beyonce did not get nominated because of this song. I can't believe it. That's that's. I can't imagine that. That's better than I really liked "Spirit" by Beyonce, which was in the Lion King. I thought that was a great song, but you know, it yeah. did not get nominated with here. But you're calling it for Rocket Man. That's what the odds are saying, and I mean, it's Elton John. I think they're just going to give it to him. Yeah. It is Elton John. That man is beloved by the Oscars. If anything, I think Frozen Two or Toy Story 4 would take it, but I'm thinking Rocket Man definitely has a strong lead. I'd imagine either Rocket Man or Frozen 2 would win because they aren't nominated in any other categories. Yeah. So if there's anyone that they should win for and could win, you know, it's one of this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I did Frozen 2 win or did Frozen the original win for Let It Go? Yeah, absolutely. There you go. We'll see if they can uh, do a do it again. 
Well, original score, this is going to be a big sweep. Um, the Oscar odds have uh, Joker for Hildur Guadalajara. She's I'm amazed you hit that name. That's fantastic. Yeah, she she's in terms of odds, she's leaps ahead of every single other person on this list mm-hmm. so it's very obvious i think she's gonna take this home right i mean it was amazing i love the score randy newman did marriage story yeah and his cousin thomas newman did 1917 they're both nominated oh my lord well sorry randy but i think thomas did you one better on this 1917 music was great great yeah. little women i also really liked the score i think it lent a lot to that story but i agree that joker's the best part about that well i guess the cinematography was also incredible there but the score was fantastic. And Which then is also, crazy, because Hilder is probably the least known name out of all these people. They're right. all very well-established movie composers. John Williams is on here. I mean, Which he's, he's like, always on there whenever he's yeah, got to he's the out. legend. Of I mean, course. And she's going to take it still. So deservingly so. People. He always gets nominated. He never wins, but they're like, hey, He's one of few. He's we know you're still here. We know you're alive. But yeah, we'll they, they give him the nomination. He's like the Meryl Streep of composers. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, moving on, we have production design. And so I know that you probably want Parasite. I'm all for Parasite to win for here. multiple reasons. But the odds are saying Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm pretty sure Parasite is what's following it up second, mm-hmm. if not The Irishman. And then there's also Jojo Rabbit and 1917 that are there. Mm-hmm. I'm personally, I just kind of want 1917 to win. Really? Yes, just because, and I'm sure, I mean, all the stuff that went into it, I guess Once Upon a Time probably should win because they transformed eh. the. <laughs> Come down. But they transformed, like, those streets back into how they looked in the 60s yeah. or whatever it was, which I imagine was a huge undertaking. And also with 1917, them actually carving out the trenches uh, and then making sure the they're the exact length of however long they need the actors to walk through them for. Okay, but Parasite has a more deeper <laughs> meaning to all of the production design. It's not just, like, designing it to look good. It's all about the deeper meaning of the wealth versus the poverty and they like everything that you see in terms of like the place where the poor family is living. That's all on a soundstage. The uh, the rich family's house is on a soundstage. When you like go up, everything above the first floor, first story is um, CGI. So they built all this on a soundstage. The lighting hitting all of it makes it look like you're still in the sunlight. I mean, they like designed this house specifically to radiate wealth and like contrast with. The, the semi basement, yeah, the semi basement, all the the entire alleyway is all on a soundstage, and then they flooded it, which is incredible. Which was yes, absolutely amazing. So there's a lot of good production design this year, uh, but I do think I'm sorry, Dylan, but I okay. think Once Upon a Time will take it. Yeah, we'll see. The Oscars <laughs> have been known to throw us some wild cards, so we'll see. They do do that. They like switching it up on us. But sound mixing. What do you think? What do you got here? Where are your bets? Odds have it for 1917. I see it taking it. The other nominees are Ed Astra, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, and Once Upon a Time. I don't know how Ford v. Ferrari is on here. I didn't like the sound in that movie at all. It didn't really? feel like I was in a car in the slightest. I was a little on edge, but it just like... It, the visuals were great, but it just didn't feel like I was in the car. I thought the sound was good for it. I, it at least for me, when I, it gave that effect. I don't know. When I compare like fast-moving vehicles, I always think of Unstoppable. With, like, the trains going by. I mean, that's just incredible sound mm-hmm. design. But with this one, it's just sort of like you're in the car and you can hear it every once in a while. I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't seem, like, good enough to be on this list. Right. But also, I don't know anything else that would be. 
for sound mixing, but I think 1917 will probably take it. Uh, I can see it taking that. War movies usually take the sound awards because you have to Definitely. factor in a lot of different sounds, explosions, gunshots, screams, um, dirt f- like flying in the air and landing, all these different little small sounds have to like layer in to make one cohesive image. Mm-hmm. So war movies take these a lot. Right. And sound editing... Also 1970. Is, yes, it's got the same people, but instead of Ad Astra, we got Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker for sound editing. But... Yeah. Again, for the same reasons just discussed, while sound editing is different from sound mixing, I think 1917 was exceptional on both fronts. Yeah. I mean, war movies, I mean, yeah. It's, it sounded good. It looked like, it felt like we were in a war zone. It sounded like we were in a war zone. So I think they're going to take it home this time, which deservedly, mm-hmm. they, they, they've earned it. Definitely. Now, here's one that's interesting. Film editing. The odds are saying Parasite. Which is exciting. They absolutely 100% deserve this award. They're nominated with Ford v. Ferrari, which had good editing. The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, and Joker. And Parasite's on, like, the forefront. They won the Ace Award, which is for editing, didn't they? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm amazed that Jojo Rabbit is in here. I mean, I didn't see it. But I didn't see it either. It's interesting that it's popped up on production design and on film editing. But didn't get very much love elsewhere. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. In acting categories, that's that is interesting. Um, I'm surprised. I mean, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Um, yeah. but with Marriage Story, I thought that one had good editing. Like Spencer brought up. I, I can't again. That. I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, so I can't really say that it, that Marriage Story deserves to be in there over that. Um, Joker. Did you like the editing in Joker? Um, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it was anything it was exceptional, to put it, it like on here to give it its 11 nominations. But Parasite, let me tell you. Parasite oof. did have amazing editing. Oh, like that montage, award. for instance. And then, I mean, it was just a, such, like you were saying, very cohesive film. Every the cut, way the editing every lends itself very carefully picked. to making you feel the things that it wanted to invoke. I think it should. I think it should get. It I as think well. it should get it as well. We'll see if it actually does it though. Speaking of Parasite, what's next? We have the best international film uh, feature film, and yeah, Parasite should take it without a doubt. But there's a lot of good films on there. Yeah, like Les Miserables is getting a lot of praise for France, and of course, Pan and Glory by Pedro Almodovar is getting a lot for uh, Spain. Uh, Antonio Banderas is nominated for Best Actor for that. Mm-hmm. But I think Parasite's going to take it. According to the odds, it is miles ahead of any... There's nothing close to it in I the mean, odds. Yes. If it's in the Best Picture category and also in the International Feature Film category, you better hope that they're yeah. winning Otherwise, the International Film one. That'd be weird. Yeah. That just wouldn't make sense. But yeah, I, re- I would very much hope so, that Parasite would win that. It definitely deserves it. Alright, moving on. We have Best Live Action Short Film. Now, I haven't seen any of these short films. Me neither. Uh, so we can't really speak on it, but it seems like the odds have it for Brotherhood by, what the heck is that name? I think it's Miriam Jubier. So I think that's what's going to take it this year. But, I mean, we haven't seen them again. We encourage you to go out and watch them and form your own opinion. You can email us at theboxoffishow at gmail.com <laughs> about your opinions. We'll talk about them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go and see them for next week. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a cool thing to do because I'm sure there's some place online where you can find all of them mm-hmm. together, and I think that'd be—I mean, you know, short films, whether animated, we'll get to that later on. But it's—it's it's a different 
craft, but it's the same thing. It's just shortened down. So to see the skill be translated there, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it, it's, as a filmmaker, it's interesting to look at. Because in my short script class, uh, we're looking at a bunch of short films, um, mm-hmm. things by Lan- Lynn Ramsey. We've been looking at David Lynch's yeah. short films. God, that dude's crazy. Oh, he's so nuts. You have to watch Mulholland Drive. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's so uh, good. Maybe I'll finally to... get on that. Uh, but my it's teacher, Ula, my she's all about it. She loves David Lynch. So we've been watching his short films. And just seeing, you know, compressing a narrative down to uh, a short form, but still having all the elements there and seeing how it's able to work without having the luxury of all the length that you have, mm-hmm. I think it's a very interesting concept. Yeah. But it's... Yeah. Hard to take a good concept and shorten it down to something sweet and make it compelling still. Right. Very difficult. So so yeah. props to all the people that are on there. But, of course, it's a category that doesn't get a lot of attention because... They almost put it on the commercial break last year, uh, which is <laughs> insulting. It is. So, I don't know. I think there needs to be a way to make them more accessible for, like, wider audiences. Because if people mm-hmm. like us aren't even able to see these, you know that the wider population... Yeah. That goes to see, you know, every two weeks or so, some blockbuster. They're never going to see these films, which is a sad commentary on it. Yeah. Oh, well. Next is Best Documentary Short Subject, which is like short film, but for documentaries. Um, And the odds have it for Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone by Carol Dizinger. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen any of these either, and it seems like that'll probably take it. A St. Louis Superman. I like the name. Yeah. Walk, run, cha-cha. <laughs> yeah. They're good names. Documentaries also are, uh, they don't get as much attention as they should, but I think Even documentary streaming, features. Yeah, documentary features even, but I think streaming services are making them more accessible, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I believe American Factory is on Netflix. Isn't that the one produced by... The Obamas. The Obamas, yeah. Yeah, I think it is, which I guess they're going for the Oscars. Wouldn't that be wild if they were there? Maybe, At the Oscars. Yeah. Which, speaking of the best documentary feature, the odds are for the Obamas uh, produced documentary, The American Factory, mm-hmm. by Julia Reichardt and Stephen Bognar. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Have you seen it? Uh, the concept, though, is seem like very interesting. Talk about it. Um, it's So there was this American Factory, whatever, that was essentially going out of business for whatever reason, and so they sold it to a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they sold the company itself or just the property of the factory, mm-hmm. but they still, so that company, the Chinese company brought over their own workers, but they still had to employ some of the workers that were there previously, the American workers. And so the factory now has just become this sort of melting pot of these Chinese and American workers who obviously they don't even speak the same language, but they all have the same tasks that they're working towards and they have their own different technical skills that they've learned in different ways um but they're all i don't know it's you can see just from the concept the conflicts that would arise Uh, and so i would i'm very interested in seeing how that played out how that documentary looks so if it is actually on netflix i want to see it all right sounds very interesting it is yeah and so maybe the obamas will get their uh their Oscar. I think they just... I, didn't I don't think they're nominated for it, but the movie's nominated. Well, yeah, but they'll be affiliated in some way, yeah, so yeah, they can yeah. be like, haha. I mean, they if ha-ha. they can show up, well, yeah. <laughs> well, because they just... they. I know uh, Barack Obama has 
a Grammy for like spoken word, and then I think Michelle oh. Obama just won because the Grammys happened this Sunday. I think she just won for her spoken word album as well for her book Becoming. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's so many Grammy awards. They're pulling up all the awards. Yeah. All the entertainment gold. Yeah. Up next is cinematography. This is a pretty stacked category we got here. The, the Irishman, Rodrigo Prieto, Joker, Lawrence Schur, The Lighthouse, Jaron Blaschke. 1917, Roger Deakins, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Robert Richardson, and The Odyssey, 1917, Roger Deakins. Um, for anyone that makes a one-take war movie, mm-hmm. I think you're going to take home cinematography if it comes out well. So I'm right. um, giving it up to Roger Deakins for this one, though I know there are a lot of people fighting for the lighthouse. Uh, Jaron Blaschke, they want him to win. Spencer wants him to win. I'm sure Ryan Mayers wants him to win. Mm-hmm. But I'm still on the 1970 train, personally. I agree. Although, Once Upon a Time did have good cinematography from Robert Richardson. That is true. Yeah. Um, and again, the strongest aspect of the Joker, I think, was its cinematography. So these are all well-deserving cinematographers, yeah. for sure. I would chop it up to 1917, though. Yeah, that'll likely win and definitely deserve it. For original screenplay, Oof. we've got an interesting category, starting it out with Knives Out, Ryan Oof. Johnson, our combined namesake. Oh, my God. Really living it up out there. Yeah. We got Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach. 1917, Sam Mendes and Chrissy Wilson Cairns. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino himself. Mm-hmm. And Parasite, Bong Joon-ho and Jin Won Han. I would give it to Parasite, but odds are saying Once Upon a Time. They're saying Quentin's going to get his third writing Oscar. I mean, he's known for getting these writing Oscars and not getting anything for directing, so that how is poetic true. would that be? <laughs> that is very true. Um, I would want to see either Marriage Story or Parasite win. I, I think Parasite, Parasite should win. I think it should definitely win for writing. I mean, my God. Because we talked the about symbolism. the way that you can yeah, spin out a narrative where everything connects and ties into each other, mm-hmm. just set up and pay off after set up and pay off after set up and the symbolism off. tying into it back and forth i mean oh agreed so i think Amazing. that should win it should definitely win tarantino don't need another one he doesn't need another one, mean, especially for this one i mean right yeah i didn't think it was the writing wise was that special and glorious was better written and he didn't get an award for that i agree oh well adapted screenplay we've got the irishman by steven zayan jojo rabbit Taika Waititi, Joker, Todd Phillips and Scott Silver, Little Women, Greta Gerwig, The Two Popes, Anthony McCartan. I'd say Little Women, I'd give it to Little Women, though I like The Two Popes for writing. I didn't see The Two Popes. Um, the dialogue is very good. Oh, really? It's very snappy. It's The whole thing is almost a conversation between these two popes. Oh, so cool. the whole movie's a little slow. Uh, I wouldn't say the direction's phenomenal or anything. The acting's really good, but I think the best part of it is the dialogue, the writing. So mm-hmm. I think, if anything, it deserves that. But Little Women was certainly better. Right. Again, we've talked about before how taking the two different timelines and weaving them together helps both of them seem more engaging and interesting. So props to her for doing that. Oh, Hopefully yeah. she does get the win I to make so. up for her... Snub. Yeah, snub in the directing category. Todd Phillips. Uh, we've got animated short. Uh, we have Sarah by Daria Kashchiva, Hair Love by Matthew H. Airy, Kit Bull by Rosanna Sullivan, Memorable by Bruno Collette, and Sister by Siki Song. Odd say Hair Love. Um, I've heard a description of Hair Love. 
It sounds beautiful. I have to watch it because I'm actually really interested. Yeah, that's in watching the one it I've heard of, which makes it seem like did that did that come before Angry Birds too? Because I sure. think that's what happened. I didn't see Angry wow. Birds too, but I think that was like because you know sometimes Pixar films will have their yeah short films come beforehand. I think that was what happened with Hair Love, which is probably why it's the most talked about one oh. or the one that's most widely known. Um, so yeah, that I can't imagine anything else taking it. I could see it winning. Yeah, definitely. Animated feature. This is a very interesting category. We've got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World by Dean DeBlois. I Lost My Body by Jeremy Clappen. Klaus by Sergio Pablos. Missing Link, Chris Butler. And Toy Story 4, Josh Cooley. And the odds say Toy Story 4. Yeah, and I can see why. I mean, again, we talked before about how I I haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon 3. Yeah. But I think, I mean, they all of those films have been very good. So it'd be nice to see it actually get the recognition on the Oscar stage. But I love Toy Story 4. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. The animation was amazing. Oh, my gosh. The yeah. water in the very first scene. Cats I wishes about that. <laughs> it was able to make a realistic cat as yeah. Toy Story 4 did. Oh, my God. I just like the whole movie. Very well done. Very well, well done. So hopefully, I mean, that'd be interesting to watch. But, of course, you know, the Golden Globes missing Link had the upset. So who knows? If the Oscars will do the same thing, we'll wouldn't see. that be amazing? Pixar usually wins, so we'll that see. That is true. Though there have been some upsets in the past, so we'll see. Now on to the big, big, big categories. Director. We've yeah. got Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd for Joker, <laughs> Sam Mendes for <laughs> 1917. Todd Phillips, man. Give him some respect. Don't Todd, call him Todd Phillips. Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Now, of course, I think Bong Joon-ho should win for Parasite. Of course. And, but the odds are saying Sam Mendes. What do you think? Uh, agreed with Sam Mendes winning. I really think Bong Joon-ho I think he did an it. amazing job. But again, I'd like to see him win for a script um, instead of the directing. Because again, Sam Mendes, the feat that is 1917, the filmmaking prowess that went into it, it's just phenomenal. Well, I'd like to see Bong Joon-ho win for both. Me, personally. <laughs> In the perfect it's world. probably most definitely going to be Sam Mendes after all these wins. Golden Globes, DGAs, PGAs. Right. All, it's all, just, all. it would truly be an insane upset if he didn't win. For any of these guys. But I think Bong Joon-ho deserves it the most out of the other nominees. Yeah. Besides Sam Mendes. I agree with that. Supporting actress. We have, this is another stacks category. We have Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. Mm-hmm. Which, well, maybe not that stacked for that one. But yeah. Laura Dern for Marriage Story. Definitely. Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. Didn't see it. Florence Pugh for Little Women. Very good. Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Very, Very good. good. So I personally want Margot Robbie to win for really? Bombshell. Yes, because I thought, I thought her great. performance was fantastic. Definitely the best part of Bombshell for me. Um, but I also like Florence Pugh and Little Women. I would want to see Florence Pugh win, but odds are saying Laura Dern, and I'm feeling Laura Dern's going to win. Which I can understand why, and I don't want her to win for that uh, monologue scene where she explains blah, 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 because mm-hmm. I don't think that was that compelling. If she, she will win, but I feel like it should be for the courtroom scene where she was playing off Ray Liotta and doing That was a fantastic scene. In well, we should be winning for the whole movie. Well, agreed, but I'm saying, I mean, typically you can boil it down to a particular scene with the supporting actor, actor and actress category, yeah. which is like, oh, this is a standout. This is why people voted for it. I suppose. The memorable scene that people will take away is that one where she's talking to Scarlett Johansson. But the one that I feel like, for me, stuck out most and represented her acting throughout that film was the courtroom scene. I suppose. Because it was just fantastic. She was so violent and vicious. 
and she played it perfectly. I think it's weird. Our, our four acting categories, this happened a couple years ago where the four people nominated in the acting categories went on to win all the major awards like throughout the award season. This happened with the year that um, uh, uh, Sam Rockwell was nominated. Oh, really? For uh, three, three billboards. billboards. So that year, those, Gary Oldman and um, Francis McDormand and uh, Allison Janney, the, those four actors went on and just won all the awards and it's doing the same thing this year. So it's kind of like there's yeah. no surprises anymore. I'm not... Last year, I was surprised with Olivia Coleman, which was right, which was a happy entertaining, surprise. very happy, entertaining surprise. Because she I gave she a great her, speech, by her the speech way, best was speech amazing. ever. But I don't know; I don't think there's going to be any surprises this year. So, right, the four we are getting odds for are the four that are probably going to take it home. So, right, because they've been winning Laura Dern. all the other ones, including the SAG and the Golden Globes. So, for supporting actor Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I a hundred percent am for. Love let, me, let me just go back for a second. Let me say, I thought Laura Dern was great in Marriage Story, and I think she definitely deserves a win, but I would like to see Florence Pugh win. Oh. Though I think Laura Dern definitely deserves the win. Right. So I just wanted to clarify that. Brad Pitt definitely deserves the win definitely. for Best Supporting Actor. He was great in Once Upon a Time. He made that movie as good as it was. Right. I agree. Which it he wasn't was such very a good trip. to begin with. He was fantastic. He's beating out Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Al Pacino, who was great in The Irishman. Oh, he was great. So if anyone's, if he's, Brad Pitt's going to lose to anyone, it better be Al. Right. Because he was phenomenal in The Irishman. Anthony Hopkins in The Two Popes, I didn't see, but I assume it was... He was pretty good. ...an yeah. on-par I mean, performance yeah. for him. And Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That is a stacked category. It really Those is. Those are five legendary actors. And in the supporting actor role, which is crazy. It's very crazy. But I think Brad Pitt will take it, and if he was going to lose to anyone i think it'd be al pacino because al pacino was the next best by far yeah he was fantastic in that movie again he elevated that movie in the way that brad pitt did once upon a time in hollywood absolutely lead actress okay we've got cynthia arrivo for harriet scarlett, scarlett johansson, johansson for marriage story right. saoirse ronan for little women Charlize theron for bombshell and renee zellweger for judy oz are saying renee, renee zellweger of what course, which she's doing all. This one might, you think if there were any other category where there would be a change, I feel like this one yeah, I feel could like be one. the one. Because Saoirse Ronan was great in Little Women. Scarlett Johansson was great. I think was amazing Mercy. I didn't see Harriet. Um, I didn't see Harriet either. And you know how I feel about Bombshell. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was. You didn't think Charlize Theron was that good. Fantastic. You? Yeah. Again, I thought Margot Robbie stole the show in yeah. terms of that. But all the and Nicole Kidman, they were all great actresses. I Spencer just, is on. I think he's just now coming onto the Saoirse Ronan train, where he want he thinks that she should definitely win for this, and I can see his point. Yeah. He's seen Judy, and he thought it was like a good performance and better than some of the ones nominated here. But Scarlett and Florence, I mean not not Florence, Saoirse are the ones here who are really the heavyweights in right. terms of performances last year. And I think one of them should should win. And I think this is what, Saoirse's fourth nomination or something fourth, like that? It is fourth. And Atonement, she's only Brooklyn, like Lady Bird, now Little Women. She's like 24, 25, which is crazy. She she's got an amazing... She was like 13 or 14. I know, amazing career ahead of her. She's killing it with every role she's got. Uh, I so think she, this is her best performance so far, but yeah. I haven't seen much else. So she'll definitely get her Oscar at some point. Hopefully. But I think if she got it here, it would be a great way to win it. Absolutely. Lead actor. This one has a lot of contention around it mm. for me. Yes. We've got Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, which I really want to see. I need to see it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but apparently he was fantastic. Big Boy Leo for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Big Boy Leo, yes. Adam Driver. Kylo for, Ren himself. Yeah, Marriage Story. Swolo. <laughs> <And> Swolo. 
Joaquin Phoenix for Joker and Jonathan Price for the two popes. And Joaquin Phoenix, I'm thinking he's going to take it. Which, you know, I think, I thought the we've talked about when we reviewed it that mm-hmm. his like the thing he did with the laughter. I thought that was very interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was a great way to uh, liven up the character and that sort of thing. But some of the other, I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, and maybe that's because I don't know. It's hard not to compare it to Heath Ledger, but that'd be crazy! Wow, to win two both people who played the, the Joker, Joker yeah. would win the Oscar. But it seems like that's what's going to happen. But if there were an upset, I would want it to be Adam Driver to win for Marriage Story. I think Adam Driver would be good. And I hear Antonio Banderas was great, too, in Pain and Glory, but I need to see it. So if there's going to be upset, I think it'd be one of those two. Though I think Joaquin Phoenix is probably going to be walking away with an Oscar. Right. It's his to lose. So It would be his to lose. We'll see how that shapes up. But if he does win, that'll be a very interesting acceptance speech. To clarify again... I think he was great, and I think it was an Oscar-worthy I think performance, but I don't think it was, well, yeah. I think it was, <laughs> at the very least, Oscar-worthy in, in the lowest of terms, but compared to some of the other people in this category, I don't think it's as good. Right. But I could see him winning an Oscar and me not being that upset, but mm-hmm. I'd rather it be Adam Driver. Right. And finally, the, our best picture ooh, category. Read those nominees, Ryan. Let's hope that I can read it right, unlike how they did with La La Land and Moon, Moonlight. That'd be so funny. Oh, that'd be crazy if they did that again. We got Ford v. Ferrari, which the name will not be read <laughs> on stage. That will not happen. The Irishman. That's a maybe. Yeah, it could happen. Jojo Rabbit, which Probably how did that not. get in there? And not The Farewell. Yeah, I know. They should read The Farewell. Off. Uh, Joker. I can see that being the biggest upset of the night is Joker winning Best Picture. Yeah, we were talking about it before. If they were going to do something crazy and wild to like, I don't know, Joker seems to be the one that they would do. And that I would, would be, be upset. That would be the craziest change of the night is Joker winning Best Picture, kind of like Green Book won last year. And it would not be deserved at all. Compared to the movies that it's nominated against. It would be disgusting to see that happen. We have Little Women. I don't think it's going to win. I don't think so either. Marriage Story, also not going to win. win. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Maybe that's on. That's actually high up on the betting odds. It's a maybe. That's true because that's a very Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. Yeah, it's got Tarantino, Brad Pitt, Leo, Darling, and uh, Margot Robbie, darlings of Hollywood. Yeah. So you that's know, a d- high. That's a hard maybe. A movie about the era where stars became less important, mm-hmm. but it's you know held up by these stars of our time. It seems like that would be. It's not really an Oscar baity movie, but you can see why that would win an Oscar and be beloved by it. Absolutely. And parasite should win let me really say that right now it would be the first foreign language feature to win the best picture oscar we had last year we talked about roma which kind of robbed yeah well did you want roma to win last i think it deserved to win but i i wanted the favorite to win oh that's right but you yeah. did think you'd be okay with Roma winning. Oh, I was. I would have been perfectly satisfied. Because there's definitely a lot of people that are thinking, oh, Roma was the best movie of the year. It should win, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, there's that thing of, well, if it won foreign, uh, the foreign feature, yeah. should it also win the best picture one? Yes. <laughs> if it's the best picture, then it's the best picture. It doesn't matter whether the subtitles or not. Agreed. But the Oscars is not going to do that. I can tell you, right, Parasite will not win because of that reason, specifically. They're going to say we're not giving two Oscars to the same film for the same reason of the best of the best. 
So that's not going to happen. I'm holding it in. It's number two right now, right behind 1917. But 1917. I think 1917 will probably take it, but I would love to see Paris. It's the huge front runner right now, which is crazy because if you had, if we had this conversation before the Golden Globes, 1917 probably wouldn't be it wouldn't be a discussion of the top three that we'd be arguing about. But right now, it is this film's to lose. Uh, and I to Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't think it will be upset by anything. And yeah, hopefully, think... if it is, hopefully it's not going to be Joker. That would be ooh. But once upon a time in Hollywood won the Golden Globe for the comedy. Um, so if there's any film that I think can reasonably be said to take the Oscar for Best Picture and not be 1917, it'd be Once Upon Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I'm thinking this is probably going to be a very standard, basic vanilla sort of. Awards. Show. I agree. I don't I think, think a lot of these are going to be predictable. But again, it could get interesting in these major categories if they did an upset with lead actor and lead actress. And the best course, picture, I think it's safe. Of course, we'll talk about it the Tuesday after. So make sure to tune in that day. I don't think it's next week, but the week after. Right. Of course. Now, before we go, of course, we'd like to mention the movie of the week. Our movie of the week this week is Alien. Have you mm-hmm. seen Alien, Ryan? Yeah, I have. Oh, with really? you. Oh my god. You fool. Why I guess do you I do this? Fool. I don't know. You why know what I, do I didn't this. see though, Dylan? Aliens. Aliens. And you know why? Because you watched we did it. a movie and I didn't invite you. Without me. It was a last minute thing, I swear. Mm. I swear. We were scrolling through Amazon, and it was there, and we just watched it. I swear. It was just the three of us, I promise. Disgusting. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Well, anyway, Alien was released in 1979 with a surprisingly surprisingly small budget of $11 million, which, I mean, if you look at the production design alone, that's incredibly low. Yeah, and it was one of Ridley Scott's first movies, so it makes sense that it had had such... Yeah, he had one before that, which wasn't... I think it was just a drama, but Mm -hmm. he got to do this, which is great. It was starring Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, John Hurt, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, Ian Holm, and Yafet Koto. I just decided to name them all since they're the only ones in it. Mm-hmm. And it was written by Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset. Dan O'Bannon really just went with it. It was great. Yeah, it it was nominated for a couple of Oscars, mm-hmm. uh, visual effects and set decoration, and it won for visual effects, which... I think it also should have won for set decoration, but I don't, I don't know what beat it out Yeah, because set decoration was... That was one of those films where it's like the location is part of the horror, is being in this confined space. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, I mean, one of the first times I'd imagine on the mainstream stage at least that that sort of thing was being shown. But of course horror movies have never gotten a lot of love from the Oscars. You're right. And this Midsommar was... Midsommar got snubbed this year, I mean... You're right, yeah. And yeah. this was definitely had a horror element to it. But I was able to watch it because it was more sci-fi. Well, I just rewatched it recently, and it's definitely scary. Like, I would say it was definitely scary, especially since he had to cut down a lot of the bloody scenes to avoid an X rating. I want to see it with the bloody scenes, because that would be scary. Mm -hmm. I can see it definitely being scary. And, of course, it created one of the most iconic cinema moments in the chest bursting scene yeah and the third act was whoa what a wild ride i love the chest bursting scene did you know that they filled it with real animal blood and Uh, organs and then did not tell any of the actors around john hurt that it was going to be like that and so it just happened and then i think it was uh yafet koto who went home and just sat in silence the rest of the night because he just had nothing to like he just couldn't comprehend what had just happened it was so horrifying right but incredibly well done yeah, definitely. Again, it's seared into your mind, that image. Oh, yeah, and the facehugger puppet and the alien costume are iconic. Definitely. Absolutely. I, I love the alien and the facehugger. It's just a hand. 
Like, it's the guy's hand that just reaches out and grabs John Hurt's face. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is just a regular puppet. But very well done. Very incredible. Very good looking. Um, I remember reading somewhere that in Hollywood you have readers who will read scripts, summarize them, and then give them to people who will produce them. Mm-hmm. And they summarize this one as Jaws in Space. <laughs> Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I actually see it. Yeah, I like it. It's a good way to summarize. It's so good on them. It's a little more complicated than that, but still. It is. But again, a very amazing film. And I haven't seen Aliens. Is that a comparable film? Do you it's think very it's good. good. I don't think it's better, but it's very good. It's like just shy of being better. Okay. But it's being, very action-y compared to horror Yeah, but being a film like this that can launch a franchise that it did, I mean, it's still in pop culture. I mean, you could see the alien, uh, the xenomorphs, and you instantly know what that is and where that's from. Well, of course. Well, that was our movie of the week, and that's all the time we have. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us, us at theboxoffishow at gmail.com. That's theboxoffishow at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown, Sundown by yeah. Joseph McDade. Thank you. Joseph McDade. It's Sundown by Joseph McDade. Our producer is James Poole, and our script editor is Lillian Snyder. Thank you for listening.